Matt Hambidge here, welcoming you all into episode three of the Gnome Boys. Got Dirk and Neil with me as always. How are we doing tonight, guys? Doing well. Excellent. Good. Ready to go. Good. We got a fun one ahead of us uh, today. We're talking our favorite conspiracy theories. Not necessarily ones that we believe in. Want to put that out there at at the forefront. But just some interesting, funny, entertaining topics to to go over but before that we've got a little nfl talk once again we had the divisional round this past weekend uh packers unfortunately if you ask me at least over the rams 32 18 bills taking down the ravens in a dud of a game 17-3 obviously i'm in the minority here uh you guys are both wisconsinites big packer fans you guys are probably feeling pretty good after that showing Absolutely. A little, and a little pregame action there, too, with uh, Devontae Adams and Jalen Ramsey were uh, chirping at each other. I didn't see that. I didn't watch uh, watch that at all, but I guess they do have a segment. Uh, I saw it on Instagram somewhere that has them mic'd up, so I might have to listen to that a little later to see what they're saying to each other during the game. Yeah, that was fun. It's uh, <clears throat> It'll be interesting this week with, with the Buccaneers coming to town. I, I very much wanted to avoid the Buccaneers at all cost possible, especially in the divisional round. So you got to play good teams to get to the Super Bowl. We'll see what happens uh, this weekend. Well, another thing I'm kind of curious about going, going forward for the Rams, I feel like they do have a lot of good pieces on offense and defense. But the one question mark for next year is Jared Goff and McVay. Uh, what what happens between them next year? Is Goff going to be the starter? Is McVay want to look somewhere else? I don't know. It's a, tra- it's a trade for Watson. Get in that sweepstakes. And they they got they, they got players to give too, but. And then the the Bills Ravens that was kind of hyped as maybe the game of the weekend, and then it just wasn't for lack of a better <laughs> word. I mean, you got Josh Allen and the and the high flying Bills. You got Lamar Jackson, one of the more exciting players in the league. He actually got hurt late in the game, um, so you never like to see that. So hopefully he'll be be good to go. You know, when it's all said and done from there. But you know, the Bills were able to win with defense. You know, they didn't need to put up thirty five points. So you know, with the Mahomes list, maybe Chiefs. You know, going to the Sunday games, um, Chiefs did t- take down the Browns in a closer than expected game, 22-17, and then the Bucks over the Saints, 30-20. to Now, for the Chiefs, obviously, Mahomes is the big news. You know, he took a more of an awkward hit rather than a big hit, um, you know, the second half there, and he's in the concussion protocol, but I haven't even seen anything confirming it's a concussion. It's just kind of the, the process they're going through. Last I saw, Schefter was saying he's going to practice uh, tomorrow. We're, we're recording this on Tuesday, so that'd be practice on Wednesday. So that's obviously the, the big storyline of, of the championship weekend. If Mahomes doesn't go, you guys think they've got much of a chance against Buffalo? Anything is possible. Did you see that tweet that he had after the game? Of course. Yeah, that was great. That was great. <clears throat> I mean, yeah, that'll be in reality. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. But Josh Allen uh, on the Bills, <clears throat> at least the year he's had, is going to be hard to beat uh, without Mahomes, I should say, this weekend. Yeah, I agree. I personally don't see Chad Henney stepping up in the AFC Championship to take him to the Super Bowl. Uh, Bills seem like a pretty complete team. I mean, they held Lamar Jackson in check last week there. So uh, without Mahomes, I just, I just don't see it happening for the Chiefs. Yeah, if they get into a shootout, you know, the defense will have to step up make some make a couple of big stops that they maybe wouldn't have otherwise when you've got Mahomes to to lean on. But hopefully he'll be okay. Um even if he doesn't play this weekend, you know, hopefully the concussion or whatever the official injury turns out to be isn't too serious. You hate seeing guys go down like that. Concussions are weird though. You know, they're they, they can be scary and you know good that they're at least seemingly taken taken through the, the process. Then in the NFC, uh Bucks, Tom Brady once again, it's the NFC, but things don't change, I guess. Back in the conference championship, taking on your beloved Packers. What do you guys think? Yeah, I saw Gronk had a video um, after the game. <clears throat> I forget who was recording it, but he was in it and he was saying something like, back to the AFC championship. And they were like, we're not in the AFC. And it's just <laughs> funny. Like you said, Ambridge, new, new place, but same result so far. But that being said, I hope the cold gets to Brady. I hope the Packers get to Brady. <laughs> and I hope the Packers win. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'm right with you there too, Dirk. I, 
you know, I, I don't wish for anyone to get hurt, but you know, I wouldn't mind some uh, pretty taking some hits in the cold just to just to shake them up a bit. I think another big storyline though from that game is, is Breeze. I assume is it's its last game. I, what do That's you guys think? That's kind of the consensus. Yeah, you know, it it felt <clears throat> that way, but he went out in such a bad way. Not only did they lose, he had what I think three picks. Yeah. Like he just didn't really look like the Drew Brees that you're that you think of when you think of definitely not the guy who's in the top two or three and oh. basically every major passing stat. And right. I, it's got to be hard for a competitor like that to just go out on such a low note. So we'll see. But I would say probably he's he's done. But we'll yeah. see what the offseason brings. All right. So NFL talk was done. Oh. I think so. But we've got a topic today that could take us you know could spend quite a bit of time on this so we'll try to keep it moving a little quickly so once again we've got our favorite conspiracy theories we're going to go over two or three each depending what we've got time for just kind of talk about them and just kind of see what what comes from that so uh, neil why don't you get us going oh i'm starting all right uh, the one I'll start out with here has to do with Mount Rushmore. So there is a theory. Well, the theory of the room being there, it's not a theory. It's actually there. The architect whose name is slipping my mind, but he built it, I believe it's behind Lincoln's head at Mount Rushmore. And it's supposed to store uh, all of the U.S.'s, I guess, treasures, as he described it. So the room is about 74 feet by 35 feet high. But the, the conspiracy theory here is since it's been closed off to the public that it's storing a lot of the U.S. secrets, what those secrets are, that's also up to interpretation, whether it has to do with, you know, UFOs or anything else. I was trying to dive in a little more deeper about this. I couldn't find it too much more, but, you know, it's just a lot of people saying saying this and that. That's the that's basically National Treasure too, isn't it? Book of Secrets. That's where they yeah, end up. Yeah, that, that's that is correct. I, I had that down here. Forgot to say it, but yeah, they uh they tap into that in the movie with Nick Cage there. And is it just is it does the theory follow kind of what the movie is that there's just treasure beyond belief down there? Um, from from what I've been looking up about it, that's that's not my interpretation of it. It's more just like secrets the u.s is holding from not only people in the country but from the rest of the world what they're wanting to use the secrets for i don't know or they're trying to just keep it from us to keep us safe in a sense as in the less we know the better off we are (laughs) um but no i don't think it's related to whether it's actual treasures in there gotcha gotcha dirk is this one you knew about i didn't know much about this one but i i i will say i was under the impression it was like treasures and stuff, but I, and I also, I also <clears throat> hadn't read too much into it. So that's interesting that it's more secrets based. It sounds like. Yeah. Originally it was supposed to be called the hall of records and it was just supposed to hold U.S.'s prized possessions, like declaration uh, of independence, that type of stuff. And like I mentioned earlier, it was eventually just sealed off and no one knows really why it was, that was done. So, so that's why everyone's just assuming you know, there's something's being kept in there, like for something that that's not supposed to get out or not supposed to be seen. What do you yeah, think I, that is? I, I mean, like was mentioned <laughs> earlier, I don't necessarily <laughs> believe that the fact I'm interested in what people think about it, but I don't think it's the, you know, the UFO secret. I think if that's, if that's on the table, that's being kept somewhere else, not, not, not in Mount Rushmore. I don't think it does any good there. Yeah, this is one of the ones that's just kind of fun to think about because assuming if there's anything down there, it's probably not dangerous or like catastrophic. Mm-hmm. You can just kind of can, you know, make, make your own conjecture about what, what's there, just speculate, just, just talk about it and just kind of imagine what kind of adventure you could have if you were able to sneak in down there. And the thing is, yeah, the room isn't this, you know, a gigantic room either, but so it's like, whatever is kept in there if anything it's it's nothing too large it's uh i guess smaller in size but you know one 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 document can hold a lot of information on it so all right anything else to add on that one neil no not too much um i mean that was pretty much it it, it there all right i think i'll step in this one i remember hearing about it first maybe a year or so ago and 
there's a, a movement. I don't know that's that big, but the, trying to convince everyone that Australia doesn't exist. Is this one you guys had heard about before, or is this, is this new? You know, this was new to me, but I mean, I did a little little research before we talked into this for a little bit, and I mean, I, I found it kind of fun. This, this one, what people thought about it. Yeah, this, this one's hysterical. So I found a post on, of course, the the Flat Earth Theory website. Or of course, there's going to be some tie in there, and it's and it says, you know, disclaimer: I believe the Earth is flat. This, but this isn't part of the actual Flat Earth Theory. Basically, just saying that we've all been brought up on this lie that Australia is actually a real country and continent, that it actually doesn't exist. Everything there was faked by the government, various governments. Anyone who claims to be from Australia is just a paid actor, basically, or secret government agents to to help keep the the lie alive. And that the thought um, is that when England was sending you know prisoners to Australia, that they were just drowning them in the ocean before they ever got anywhere. And, th- and that's, and that's where it started. And so they made up um, all the different, you know, stereotypes about Australians, you know, the, the boisterous personalities, the cursing, the drinking, whatever you want it to be. It was, it was all to cover up just this mass genocide of, of the British criminals. And that, Oh, you think, Oh, well, people fly there. You know, you go to, Australia or you fly over Australia. Nope. They've got an answer for that one too. It's they're just flying over the pilots are in on it. Of course, pilots and airlines are, are in on the lie that they're just flying them to surrounding islands. Sometimes they're just going to South America and that these governments are coordinating this, I don't know, trillion dollar effort to, to cover up that Australia never existed. This one blows my mind. I, I absolutely cannot get enough of it. Yeah. I love that. I've actually been, well, supposedly been to australia before <laughs> that's what and you now think I'm, now i'm quite curious to <laughs> yeah, know where i actually was who knows where you were yeah, yeah. i was go, go ahead, fin- no. finish up dirk there no i was just gonna say it it, it is i'm similar to you i just like heard of it like a year ago and just was like this is absolutely insane but then the more you listen or read about it or listen listen about it listen to it <clears throat> the more it, it just is quite the quite the theory that has really gained some traction overall yeah, it was, as I was reading this, I was like, okay, you know, these are kind of some fun ideas that, you know, they may seem kind of like a stretch, but, you know, the paid actors and how they're saying, oh, they're lying. Okay. And then once I got to the planes and like <laughs> going to islands and maybe like what they say, like either like nearby in like Asia or even South America, I'm like, okay, <laughs> now we're really stretching that here. The logistics behind that cover up is would would just be insane. I love that people think that governments who can barely run themselves sometimes could coordinate this <laughs> together. Yeah. And that pilots just everyone's in on it and there's no like and nobody's blinking blinking eye and just yeah, that's that's cool. We'll just continue with this made up situation. It's yeah. like it's like some little like little lie you told someone you met for the first time and then it's like you know them five, 10 years down the line, you still have to like live with that lie because you're like, you've gotten to a point where you can't change it. And that's what, <laughs> that's what they thought was going to happen. But, you know, it's just much bigger than they, when they, what they realized. So they just kind of plow more and more money into this lie, I guess. Yeah, that one, that one is great. I, I want to meet somebody who actually believes this or, or even if they're uncertain if Australia actually exists or not, I'd love to just talk for five, 10, 20 minutes and just, because it, it falls apart so quickly. Oh, yes. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> it's insane. I love it. I need, I need more fake country conspiracy theories. Absolutely. Feed them to me. <laughs> and like you would think a fake country, if that was actually, if it was an actual fake country, they make it a much smaller country. Because I'm, I'm pretty sure Australia is technically the sixth biggest country in the world. So you think something of that kind of scale of a conspiracy, they, they make it much, you know, much smaller. Yeah, I mean, one of the surrounding islands somewhere in the or somewhere you know by Hawaii in those islands or somewhere over there. Yeah. I mean it is kind right. of out, out of the way, I guess, and that it's not super close to anything. I guess I don't know the geography of the supposed Australia all that well, but yeah. I'm not going to fact check you on the six biggest. I'm just going to take that at face value. Assume that's I feel correct. like I did read that, you know. <laughs> it's pretty big. But either way, whatever <laughs> number biggest it is, 
yeah, take something a little smaller, make it a little more believable. Right. Got to be yeah. some small islands out there. Yeah, find something like you know the size of I don't know Germany. That's still a, a decent sized country, but you know something something not 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 a whole continent. You know. Yeah, just just fantastic. All right, Dirk, what do you got? All right, well, speaking of Germany, Neil, since there's a, a bit of a conspiracy at the start of mine here, I I picked the Denver airport. Oh, so, this one's so good. So, yeah, so to start. The Denver airport, it was unveiled in February, 1995, $2 billion over budget, not 2 million, 2 billion. So just that, when I first read that, I was like, all right, something, something's going on here. It was 16, 16 months behind schedule as well. It's 53 square miles. And some people think that the um, runways, when you look overhead, it looks like a swast- they are swastika-like looking. And that then in turn led people to believe that it was commissioned by the New World Order, aka the new Nazi party. And that part was a little bit um, out there for sure. It kind of has been, I mean, a lot of it's been debunked, but that part definitely has been a little debunked. There was some further speculation that the design features a square and compass symbol associated with the Freemasons as well. When it's the part that actually, you know, is somewhat like interesting i think i should say very interesting but it is somewhat believable is that so there's all these underground tunnels underneath the airport and they have uh trains trams that run from concourse to concourse however there's this huge um non-functional which is part of the delay a non-functional tunnel underneath the airport that was for an automated baggage system and it just didn't work and so there's all these tunnels now underneath that people have then turned into believing that there is actually a underground city down there with bunkers and everything along those lines. There were some articles and posts I was reading that people believe there's an underground high-speed train system that connects like um, Washington, D.C., the Denver, and to random other places. I shouldn't say random, big cities in the U.S. Um, that, that is underground and, and goes through the Denver airport. Um, <clears throat> with that... There's a ton of different murals and uh, just super creepy imaging or images and, and paintings in the Denver airport. Um, there, let me see what I have here. There's um, there's two different, I had the names written down. I'm not finding it, but there's two different um, murals that are really the, the spark for all this, the thoughts on this. Um, there's markings on the grounds all around the airport. Um, particular markings that beneath the biological warfare themed mural, murals include a mining cart with the initials AU and AG on it. Some people think it stands for gold and silver, but others they think it represents an abbreviation for the Australian antigen, which is a deadly strain of hepatitis that could be used as a weapon in biological warfare. So there's a ton of different examples like that. Um, one thing I did forget to mention at the start is that there's a big blue bronco with glowing red eyes that is dubbed Blucifer. It's 32 <laughs> feet tall. And it actually, part of it fell on the sculptor back in 2006 and severed an artery in his leg and he died because of that. But even, even despite that, they still had the sculpture go up in 2008. And that's just an example of something that is a fact that is just creepy and um, why people think part of the airport's haunted overall. So I'd love to hear what, what you two think. I think you both have been in the Denver airport. I'm not no. sure about Hamage. I don't need I, I have not been, but I've heard of this this theory before. I I love it. Because you know, it's, I mean, right away you said it started off two billion over budget. Right. You know, what do they need all that money for for an airport? I don't I mean, granted, I have no idea what an average airport costs, but <laughs> I feel like two billion, even if that was on budget, is quite a bit. For an airport yeah and, that's a little bit and then, over. To, and then to be that much over budget you know where did all that money go right right and again you know the automatic baggage system that doesn't work okay but still two billion dollars that's not all in there you know yeah. there's and, something else going on yeah anytime you start talking about secret tunnels and secret societies and cities you've got my attention yep exactly 100 <laughs> agree yeah so yeah i've been like dirk said i've been there multiple times I heard of this theory. I just never thought about it whenever I was there. But as I was reading more into it, you know, the last couple of days here, 
the si I didn't even realize the size of the Denver airport and why it's even that big. Like, it gets a hub for a few airlines there, but I didn't realize how massive it is. And I'm thinking, like, why is it bigger than these other cities? I, I guess, you know, like a Chicago and New York, they have multiple airports, if that's a reason behind it. But I just didn't realize how big it actually was and how far it stretched. And then, you know, reading more on this stuff, like you mentioned, Dirk, you know, the bunkers and the artwork. It, this is one that actually got me thinking a little bit. Like a lot of the ones we talk about here, I'm just like, you know, it's fun to talk about. But this one is like, might be one of the more realistic ones because this is something that you would see in like a movie and like it could actually be a thing. Yeah, it's pretty wild to think about. And like you said, it's it is so massive and it's really out in the middle of nowhere too. And so then when you think about it, when you see these shots from drones or whatever um, above the above, like aerial shots, it's wild to see how big it actually is looking down on it. Absolutely. Yeah, this one feels like maybe actually has a possibility of being true. Maybe not to the degree that people are speculating, right. but there could be some private tunnels down below that they use to you know to transport something like the airport workers might use but then it just gets mm -hmm. flipped into oh well they can just you know they don't need to go underground for that so of course it's for this then the other thing but it feels like there could be something something to this one and then people just extrapolate from there with you know what the what would be more of a fun thing to think about i guess for i mean sure. that that's a really good point where it's like you said, like someone saw something once and just assumed not necessarily the worst, but assumed the most extravagant theory behind it. Yeah. Which I mean, mm -hmm. that's a conspiracy theory. That's what makes them fun. Yep. Yeah. It'll be uh, very interesting to see if anything else happens with that one. Cause I agree. I mean, it's probably a bit embellished for sure, but there are parts where it really does get you thinking that something, something's going on. Yeah. And this is one, I don't know if we want to do it tonight, but there's, there are articles and videos that people have put out there that really go more in depth into this. So if anyone listening, if this piques your interest, go, go search it out. There's a lot of, not even people that believe in it, but people who just think this is a hilarious story to talk about. There's a lot more to it and it's, it's wild what, what people think about that. So go, go check that out for sure. Agreed. All right, Neil. What do you got for your next one? Uh, next one's a little more of a common one. Probably a lot of people have heard about this or know a little about it, but that the earth is flat. So, I mean, there's been a few, even more recently, like NBA players such as Kyrie Irving came out saying it. Shaq made the kind of the joke saying, well, <laughs> I drove across the country and I didn't, you know, it seemed like I was going on a flat surface, so it must be flat. <laughs> um, but no, this is one that's actually scientist have gone out to actually try to prove it wrong or prove it correct. Uh, it's been more of the proving it wrong side. It's actually been finding actual evidence, which some of the stuff is, you know, why don't people fall off if it's flat or why I can't, but then the opposite argument is why can't we feel the rotation, which I mean, there's all the science technicals with that. I'm not going to get into any of that, but um, kind of like any other conspiracies, it looks like there are, I guess conferences that kind of meet every year to it's kind of a support group, I guess, in a way as well. Uh, but then, I mean, with all the books that have been written about it too, there's pretty, pretty large and strong following that really truly believe that this is true, which it very well may be. I, who am I to say it isn't? Yeah. This one, this is one of the more obviously common, common ones these days. I, I love when people will try to prove it's flat by, saying that you can't see the curve of the earth and they'll go to like the top of their, like their apartment building rooftop. It's like, Oh, can't see the curve. Of course it's flat. It's like, yeah, you know, how big the earth is. <laughs> you can't go up like a 10 story building and look out a few miles and see the curve of the, the earth. Yeah. That's, that's what I would say with this one is my favorite part is just hearing some people that really do believe it and, and maybe not even necessarily believe it, but, kind of point to things like like you just said hambone where it's like all right that is just so far-fetched yet people actually kind of believe it and, and that for me this conspiracy my, my favorite part is just seeing people talking about it or tweets about it or anything um that's just so far-fetched and so so out there 
yet <laughs> some people still believe it. One of the great things too is that if you believe in this, then there's all the conspiracies you need to believe about like NASA because if people point to yes. pictures astronauts or spacecrafts have taken of the Earth in space, they just got to say those are fake too. Yeah, that's what I was seeing. Anyone who believes this, it's you got to believe that like, we never made it to the moon. Yep. And then on top of that is all, all the other planets. Are those all fake or are those all flat as well? Same with the... I or, mean, yeah, or is, or is Earth just the one flat planet? That's, yeah. that's, that could be true, yeah. All the rest are round <laughs> and we just happen to be flat because that's what we want to believe. <laughs> I guess, what do you guys think? The edge, if it, if it is flat and the, the edge of the world, what, it, what is it? What is there? What happens when you cross that line? Hypothetically speaking. Hypothetically speaking. Maybe it's like uh, the Truman Show and it's just as like, like a wall and you bump into it and it's just like oh <laughs> like the hunger games arena <laughs> exactly yes you just get shocked backwards that's funny yeah. the, tr- the truman show is the first thing that pops into my head too <laughs> yeah that's like what that's that's all i can really think, think oh of. man i think we're gonna have to watch that one time and do a do a podcast about that i think i agree with that. i think just that show it's one of my movie blind spots actually so i need to need to watch that at some point anyway interesting so well Spoilers, handbone. <laughs> I I I've had most of it, spo- or the main part spoiler. Yeah, that, I mean, that part's I mean, not it's, even. It, it's what twenty five years old. It's yeah, kinda, there's there's can't get like, mad about being spoiled for that. Yeah, there's more like I think psychology behind that one. Yeah. Overall, I mean, uh, no. Or oh, sorry, we keep. No, yeah, I'm good. It's uh, this was a pretty you know pretty pretty cut and dry one here. That one really <laughs> speaks for itself. Yeah. Uh, yeah, this one I actually found this one when I was looking at other conspiracies to talk about today i hadn't heard about it it's not very widespread it seems to be like one guy basically but i i just loved it it's that not only did dinosaurs coexist with humans but they helped build the pyramids and it's this guy um vince finesh if i'm saying that right he's a pastor and director of of course a creationist school and, and he's quoted in this, uh, from this website, Malta Today. He goes, of course they existed. It's mentioned in the book of Job, talking about the Bible. They were used to help build the pyramids. And he doesn't really extrapolate too much on it. The dinosaurs he's referring to are likely, they mentioned two creatures, Behemoth and Leviathan, which are like mythological creatures. And he's just assuming he means those are dinosaurs and that they're literally like dinosaurs that we know are, and are and are aware of and have you know researched and obviously it's you got to believe that you know the earth is not 6500 or 200 whatever the earth is it's not 4000 years old like like he like he and those guys believe I mean, first humans, from what I found, if I have the numbers right, were like five to seven million years ago, and dinosaurs went extinct about 65 million years ago. So obviously, there's some, you know, denial, science denial there. But the part that got me was, I mean, think about the dinosaurs that we know, you know, Triceratops, Tyrannosaurus Rex, Stegosaurus, Brontosaurus. Think about humans controlling and training dinosaurs to like transport bricks. I mean, they would just stomp you out. And the best part, I just kept imagining a T-Rex trying to carry bricks in his tiny little arms and just dropping them. <laughs> not yeah. that he would carry them, but I could not get that picture out of my head. But it just, even if they were around the same time, you would not have any control over animals that size. No way. I agree that that part, that part got me as well. Because not only is it ridiculous, um, well, I should say it, it is incredibly ridiculous. However, the dinosaurs, I mean, you got the brachiosaurus, so that's going to get the top parts of the pyramid. That's going to help you <laughs> up there. Just climb up the neck or, you know, have the, have the actual dinosaur. Put yeah, up. but how are they going to hold the brick just in their mouth? Yeah, you train them. So that doesn't seem very efficient, <laughs> one brick at a time. Well, what else is it going to be? One person <laughs> walking up all the way up? They, they figured out some way to do it. <laughs> I don't know. The Flintstones so. probably did it somehow. <laughs> Maybe that was his historical uh, research was just watching the Flintstones. Yeah, right? and, and I guess where I was going about it is it's clearly that's such so ridiculous on so many levels. However, the dinosaurs, 
would be very well equipped size-wise to help out with building pyramids. Oh, absolutely. Oh, that's a good point. <laughs> yeah, but size is only one part of the equation. Right. That's fair. So yeah, for me, this was one I definitely have not heard of before. So I'm kind of glad you brought it up. It gave me uh, something new to look up here. I saw that um, someone who backed it was saying like, oh, you know, dinosaurs or bones were found, you know, near the pyramids. And it's like, well, obviously they roamed the whole earth. So I didn't really <laughs> buy into that one. <laughs> but the, like you mentioned, Dirk, the size, like then it makes a little more sense because with how tall these pyramids are and what technology or what they had to equip themselves with at the time, it'd be very difficult. Where if you can somehow train these large creatures to help you do so, it'd make it a lot more efficient, a lot more faster. But I've watched enough Jurassic Park and Jurassic World movies to know that is never going to ever happen. And I will go buy those movies. <laughs> it's about as scientifically accurate as this theory, probably. Mm-hmm. If not more right, so. Right. All right, Dirk, I think we finished that one up. What are you, what's your next one for us? Yeah, so this is this is the last one I I have, but I actually do believe this one. So <laughs> I wonder what you guys think. Uh, mine is that the 1985 NBA draft lottery was rigged by David Stern and by the NBA in general, um, along with the Knicks, obviously. And basically the background is um, at the time, this was the first, the first time um, – that they did a draft lottery and it actually started because Donald Sterling um, was openly tanking and they wanted to basically get rid of the, the worst team, you know, getting the first pick known good guy, Donald Sterling. Of <laughs> exactly. <laughs> of course right. he's involved in this. Yeah. I, that I actually didn't even realize that before I read, read a little bit more and that just makes perfect sense. Like you said. Um, so anyways, so yeah, they had seven teams who didn't make the playoffs all had an equal chance um, to win the number one pick, to win the, the draft lottery. And all it was was just a big plastic ball, somewhat similar to today, but with seven envelopes instead of like ping pong balls being blown into the, the uh, clear ball in the end. <laughs> um, and so the, the theory goes that <clears throat> is that the Knicks being the large market that they are and David Stern wanting the NBA to become more popular, that they were going to rig the draft so the Knicks could draft Patrick Ewing who was just this incredible talent coming out of college. And it, it there was a quote I read that um, it was the summer before, and it was the G, Stan Caston, the GM of the Hawks, said that he was sitting with some couple, a couple NBA guys and some officials and te- high-ranking officials um, of teams, and all of them were saying, he's going to the Knicks, Jung is going to the Knicks, it's already done, it's arranged. And that was a year before it happened. So that it kind of, for me, when I read that, I'm like, well, yeah, then there, where there's smoke, there's fire. And the more you get into it, uh, it basically was, the, or the two theories are that one, the, the Knicks envelope was refrigerated beforehand. And so David Stern could then stick his hand in and find the envelope much easier or quicker. Um, and then the other is that uh, the envelope was dropped into the ball and purposefully hit the side of the ball. So the uh, corner was creased and, and kind of crinkled up. And when you watch the video, that actually 100% does happen. Then what what made what sold it for me was Ernst and Winnie, the accounting firm involved in the lottery, played a role in the in the rigging. And how it happened is um, Ernst and there's an Ernst and Winnie employee who's putting the envelopes in the ball, and so people believe that he purposefully hit hit the um, envelope on the side of the ball. And then there's a quote that was ran a day after the draft, after the Knicks won the, the number one pick. Um, and it says that the Madison Square Garden president, Jack Crumpy, responded um, to the possibility of, of this being fixed. He said that, hey, I told them how to fix it 60 days ago. You call up Ernst and Winnie and you say, if we don't get Ewing, you're fired. Because Ernst and Winnie, like I said, was the accounting firm that um, was involved in the lottery. And they also, uh, they worked, where is it? They were involved in the lottery and uh, they, I believe they worked for, sorry, here it is. Ernst and Winnie happened to also be the auditing firm for Gulf and Western, which Gulf and Western just happened to own the Knicks. So when you tie it all together, it's pretty incredible, actually. And it all worked out. You somehow got got to go to the Knicks in the end. 
and their punishment was no championships. That is true. That is true. No. Even before all your explanation there, I was already on your side and didn't believe that that was me fix. Just, you know, being a fan, a Bucks fan, Milwaukee Bucks fan of a, within a small market, I feel like you see this all the time where the big markets are getting all the breaks, getting getting everything happen for, happening for them. So I absolutely believe that this is a strong possibility that could have happened. I didn't realize that at that point in the lottery, with it being the first year, everyone had a fair chance at it. I don't, I don't know if that happen you know the next few years or when they decide to change that but i didn't realize that was a thing either which makes it kind of easier to rig it in a way because everyone has a fair chance yeah they change um, it like a little while after that i guess and they went right. to ping pong balls too so it, it was just again it, who knows if it actually is true but all like the facts and i i agree with you neil i'm probably a bit biased obviously with it being a bucks fan too but i, I just think it's there's a lot of coincidences uh there when you kind of peel back the layers i do like to think that it came back around to them when they missed on zion williamson because yeah. it always seemed that he was gonna be locked and loaded going to new york they were gonna you know get the number one pick and yeah. then here come the pelicans that and the no championships like you said Hamford. that too yeah <laughs> yeah this is a fun one to believe in because it's it's really no harm no foul i mean obviously they should be, they shouldn't be ringing it and other teams might have gotten screwed but in the end of the day they're they're millionaire athletes either way. So I think, I think, yep. I think they'll turn out okay. But yeah, this one, like, like you said, there's so much that just kind of had to fall in line or did just kind of fall in line one domino yeah. after the other that I, I, I like to think this one is true. And I also think the, the envelope, the freezing of the envelope is just such a simple, ingenious way to do it. Yeah. Cause that's always the key. It's like, yeah, you can, you can tell Stern, to, to pick the Knicks or Stern wants to pick the Knicks, but it, it's hard to do it in a way where it's not obvious that he's choosing specifically one envelope Yep, and just, just freezing it. It's, it's great. It's so simple. I love it. Yep. And then when you, when you put the accounting firm on top of it, that was handling the envelopes. Oh, so, I had no idea about that. And that, yeah, that was news to me. Yeah. Yeah. And it just, Oh, just hearing that just makes it makes so much more sense. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's pretty wild overall. Do you do you by chance have that draft results up? Like, who are the next few teams? Who are the next few players drafted? Yeah, I had. Let's see. Was it nineteen eighty five? Yeah. Yeah, it was nineteen eighty five. It was uh, Wayman Tisdale was the second pick. By Indiana. Yeah, mine's just frozen. <laughs> yeah, there's not at least. Not a I'm lot seeing... of lasting players. Ben no. Wambe, number I think three. Chris Mullen was in there somewhere. Yeah, Chris Mullen like was Carl number Malone, seven. I do see Carl Malone, but he technically would not have been a lottery pick because there was just sure seven not. teams in the lottery, correct, for that draft? Yep, seven teams. Yeah. So yeah, Chris so he... Mullen would have been the last lottery Det- pick. Detlef Schrempf was eighth. Charles Oakley, nine. Yeah, Malone, 13. Yeah, not a not a lot of lasting names, at least not that I recognize today. Yeah, but right. so so I mean, yeah, but I mean, Ewing really then was the this yeah, the diamond a, of the draft, pretty much. Yeah, not he that he like wouldn't have been anyway, but hey, like far and away seems to be. If, uh, uh, if he wouldn't went to Seattle, maybe uh, the Sonics would still be around today too. Yeah, you never know. Yeah, then you, then you wouldn't have the the sweet Sonics vintage gear. That's true. That's, that's as, a good point. As someone who wasn't personally affected, I, I came out on top with, with that. And do you think they'll, I mean, they're coming back at some point, them and Vegas. It, if the like. expansion happens and it's going to be the two teams, yeah, I think it's going to be Seattle and Vegas. Yeah. Just Vegas because they've been getting these expansion teams, well, not teams, just the one team and then the Raiders went there. On. Yeah. One expansion for the, the, the Golden Knights and the Raiders moved. Right. And I just it's like the NBA, if they, they they see all the money that's in Vegas, like they see what these other other uh, the NFL did in the NHL, yeah. I, don't know, I think they'll hop on it. I don't think they're they're not deserving of the team, in my yeah. personal opinion. But agreed. Yeah, it feels like it's about time for another Minnesota sports contraction team talk. <laughs> it's been a been a little been a minute since that happened. happened with, <laughs> with the Twins all the time. The Wolves got mentioned. I feel like. Yeah, and so it would it'd be it would feel fitting that the wolves would just get 
get shipped off to Vegas. Well, they, they are. <laughs> I forget his name, whoever owns him, but he's been looking to sell for a while, hasn't he? Yeah. I mean, I want to have an NBA team here. I want to have someone to root for, but there's really not much to root for. <laughs> I do agree, though, with Neil that I think if, if anything happens, it'll be two expansion teams and it'll be Seahawks and, or not Seahawks, Supersonics in Vegas. Because it, right. it, you can't just give, you can't make a new team without Seattle getting one. Like that would just be so yeah. unfair. Well, the two teams just make sense. You add one to the West, one to the East. Yeah. Maybe you need to do a little reorganization where the Grizzlies are in the East like they should be. Yeah. If you look at the map, it doesn't make sense that they're not. Yeah, because you went to Vegas and Seattle, you'd obviously have to put them in the both exactly. In the West. Yeah. yeah. So I just think it would either it would have to be Memphis. I mean, Minis- Minnesota Texas. could. Yeah, they're right there too. Switch. Yeah. I feel but, like New Orleans is over there too. Yeah. But I mean, if if college is any indication with the Big Ten, location doesn't really mean anything anymore. <laughs> That's, That's true. Point. That's a good point. Where the, where the Wolves play, is it just – are they the only team that play there? I'm pretty, sure I'm pretty sure the Lynx play there too. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Because the Wild have their own arena, correct? Yep. XL. That place is, that place is, is dope. That place is awesome. Yeah. All right. Well, Neil, any more, any last quick one to run through before we move on or? Yeah, I got um, my last one. It can be, it's pretty quick. It's probably even more of a well-known one than the earth is flat, but you know, Bigfoot, we've all heard it. We've all mm-hmm. seen the pictures. There's been thousands and thousands of sightings. I guess what, I guess want to hear what you guys think of it. You know, there's not much for me to explain here. Everyone's heard about it. Do you think, I guess one question I have for you, do you think Bigfoot is just one being or it's kind of like a race all over the world or all over the country? I would say that Bigfoot as presented probably doesn't exist, but I definitely think that there are still like animal species that haven't been discovered yet that are in these super secluded areas. Mm -hmm. So I don't think there's this big hairy monstrous humanoid animal thing wandered around in the Oregon woods but if you're talking about somewhere in the Himalayan mountains or like Antarctica someplace that nobody's gone or very few people have gone yeah there could be some yeti like creature that or or maybe just maybe just a different form of another animal i bet there's something to it i just i just don't think that bigfoot as you know the bigfoot enthusiast think exists in that in that exact sense yeah i'd agree with that i i've always kind of took it as or thought that there's some sort of animal that is like a yeti like i I agree with that point image for sure and i think you're right i think that there's just so much um you know land or like in the bush over in fake australia (laughs) (laughs) like there's just so there's so many possibilities and i think at at some point um or somewhere there, there definitely is some sort of uh, creature like that. And, and I think, I guess, to go back to your question that I, I don't think there's just one, I think, I do think that's more of a, uh, an actual species. Yeah. I can, I can hop on that train. That's some kind of unknown species that people just like to think it's some humanoid in a way. Um, but it's another, it relates to another question we've talked about how, you know, are you more afraid of the space or, you know, the depths of the ocean where do you think the depths of the ocean, you know, there's so much stuff down there that we don't even realize it's down there either. Mm-hmm. And then it'll come up, but. That's a good question. In, in terms of traveling. Ooh, count me off for both. I'm just going to take the easy way out. I don't, <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to mess with either of them, but I'm probably in terms of like a threat. Uh, let, let's see some aliens. Come on. I'll be more scared of the ocean. I'm 100% with you. I will, I could not agree more. Ocean for sure. It's on our actual planet. You never know what is going to pop out at any time. Whereas I understand the aliens and, and everything like that, but we've been floating through space on this rock for millions of years. You know, it, it, it in a way makes me feel more content that, Hey, if something were to happen, it was just meant to be just meant to happen because <laughs> it's taken so long. But whereas the ocean it's, it's on our actual planet and we don't know what's down there agree to disagree but <laughs> uh, you say you know we've been floating around in space and nothing's happened i mean we've just been living with next to these oceans and nothing's happened either that 
That's fair. It hasn't hurt us in any way either. I, I just feel like we are more capable of taking out anything that comes out of the ocean than opposed to coming down on a UFO. I think we'd be screwed either way. It's something that, I mean, it's something that big and monstrous have- pops up out of nowhere. <laughs> There's, it's, like, it's not going to be just one like dormant massive megalodon shark it's gonna be a whole whole bunch of them are you th- you thinking like what like pacific rim size from that movie <laughs> why not i, I suppose all, maybe all the bigfoots would come out and uh take it down no man you didn't you didn't do your research bigfoot doesn't live <laughs> in the water <laughs> no but i'm saying if, if something if the aliens came or if like a monster came out the Bigfoot should be like, all right, it's time to show ourselves. Bigfoot would pop out. Band together. This is, this is my moment. Yep, exactly. Team up with the human race. That's all we needed. Or we just send them, send the monster, we trap the monster at the very end of the flat earth and have it just zapped by the wall. There we go. Everything's coming together. <laughs> That's how it's supposed to. Or we live underneath the Denver airport. Boom. I don't know. Maybe that, I think that's the one I don't want to mess with. Yeah, Denver. I agree. <laughs> Cause that's the one that seems like it'd be the most accurate and true <laughs> outside of the 1985 NBA draft. Yeah. I think easily. I've got one more and it kind of ties into what you were talking about, you know, on the earth, but we don't really know what all is there. Are you guys familiar with the hollow earth theory? A little bit. Yeah. I read a little more into it today too. But I'll let so, you uh, elaborate yes. first. So ba- basically, it's what it sounds like that at the Earth, there's about a five to 800 mile thick shell. And then below that, there's various layers. There's thriving life and other you know societies, things like that, that are living there. And supposedly, there are openings located at, board, at both the North and South Poles that you can supposedly get to and suppose apparently people have gotten there there's this there's this guy um rodney clough from our hollow earth he's got like a book out that takes supposedly true testimony from people who've traveled into the hollow earth and if it's true there's some awesome stuff down there it's where the original garden of eden is now located the lost tribes of israel are down there somewhere the lost Viking colonies of Greenland migrated to the hollow earth. Uh, it's where this one's not as good. We're vanquished Germans escaped to after world war two and the hollow earth, not space is where flying saucers come from. And people can apparently live to be hundreds of years old and perfect health. People live in you know peace and prosperity and why not? It's where heaven is located. Just to says a little cherry on top. So big variety there. Big variety of, of what all is is just just beneath our feet there. Yeah, it's safe to say the uh, flat earth believers and hollow earth believers do not get along and they don't uh, spend Sunday eating brunch together. <laughs> That's a very good point. I didn't think about that. <laughs> um, all, all I'll say about that really, because I didn't know much about it. And so I was reading it, like you said, Neil, but I didn't even, I didn't uh, see the heaven part. That's uh that's quite an interesting addition. Yeah. So maybe yeah, you, can I mean, just, you can just go to heaven. You can just travel there and take a little vacation. <laughs> I, I guess. Yeah. That, that one, mean, it, that one seems a little, just a little too far for, for my, for my liking. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. You had, you had me up until heaven. Yep. Cause like, when you think about this, Earth is a huge place. Oh, like, really? We're just on the surface of it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, like, something's something's in there. You know, we don't, you know, they tell us what the, in our science books, you know, it's filled with, what, magma in the core or whatever it is. You know, it's, it is kind of far-fetched to think, you know, there's a whole other universe or organization or some colonization down there, but... I don't know. I've never really looked into it. I don't know what what's all the possibility of what could all be down there. So, you raise a good point. We don't really know. <laughs> it's only one way to find out. Let's go. I mean, I'm not going to be finding out. So, <laughs> <laughs> sounds like a lot of work. A little summer boys trip to the center of the earth. I could think of a lot of other better places to go. <laughs> <laughs>
than heaven. I mean, we gotta we gotta prove Australia wrong first or correct <laughs> yeah, before we do true. that one. That's a good point. And maybe a little trip to Mount Rushmore after that. Just knock them out one by one. I like it. I like it. Oh. All right. Well, if uh, if anyone listening thinks we missed any big ones or have your own thoughts on what we talked about, you know, let us know for sure. Love to mix it up. Uh, on, you know, get us on on Twitter, Instagram, see what you guys think. So I guess then it's time to move to everyone's favorite segment. Hey, Hambage. Let's go. Did we get any feedback from our our good buddy Sladkey on on last week's? Was it an improvement? I didn't ask him. I'll ask him after this week. Neil, did you? I did not know. All right, Slacky. <laughs> we'll we'll okay. We'll get some special requests from next week. Yeah, exactly. Fair enough. Fair enough. Before we get into the ones I don't of prepared questions, I should say, I did have one I thought of during this. What's your favorite dinosaur? Probably Velociraptor. That thing's just badass. Don't you want to fly though? No, nah, I'm good. I'll fly in an airplane, but uh, it's it's as close to teleportation as your superhero power that you wanted that you could have had, though. Yeah, but that's instantaneous. I'm not having to like hold on to a dinosaur while he's zipping through the air. I suppose. What about the Angliosaurus? That's mine. Angliosaurus it's got a nice big tail with the uh, like ball and spikes on the back, and you just somebody is just pestering you. Just see you later. Yeah, and then you you get on they get you on your back and you're done for. Well, you just have to be a little again. Bit have you seen Jurassic World? A little more agile <laughs> than those than those were. And then it's essentially gonna... a turtle. Like it's not gonna be agile. <laughs> well, dude, if I was an Anglosaurus, I would make it my goal to be more agile. <laughs> I'd probably make some friends with Velociraptors and make a deal. Exactly. So I'm eaten by a T Rex. <laughs> That's my next thing. And then Hamage would be a Velociraptor. I'd make friends with him. You can be my eyes in the sky as a pterodactyl. I'll be the pterodactyl, yeah, because I'll hang <laughs> out in trees. No one's going to eat me. All right, I'm up here. Hey, Hambage, what are the last three fast food places you've eaten from? And did you have any regrets about eating any of them? <laughs> uh, the last three. Let's see. I had Chipotle yesterday. No regrets there. Never regret Chipotle. Oh, never. Um, I had... Gosh, I've eaten out a ton recently, actually. I should really remember this. Um, let's see. I'm pretty sure Jersey Mike's was in there. No regrets there. And then Qdoba on on Saturday. Good for you. All relatively, you know, healthier options yeah, not there. Too bad. Yeah, What's Qdoba? your favorite fast food restaurant? Um, if we count do we count Chipotle as true fast food than Chipotle? I get that. Once a week. Go drive through fast food. Drive through fast food. Probably Culver's. Gotta go gotta go with, with Culver's. I I would say like maybe in in and out of Whataburger, but they're not in Minnesota. Actually, I don't know if Whataburger has drive through. I think they do. But anyway. That was gonna be my, my follow-up question. What what do you wish you had more access to? I don't need more access. I eat out way way too much as it is. <laughs> I mean, it sounds like you got a little thing for in and out here. Well, it's mostly because it's not close to me. So when I when I do get to have it, it's like a special occasion. Mm-hmm. Whereas if I'm going on a trip somewhere, I'm not itching to go to Culver's because I can get that anytime. Right. What was it in 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 the Denver area, Dirk? Wasn't it In N Out that opened and had like a 10 hour wait in the drive thru? Yeah, it opened like a month ago, I want to say, and it had a 12-hour drive-through. 12 wait. hours. It was like That's... on a Saturday. They had like... cops directing traffic. <laughs> it was insane. It's, it's, is that like a still – is that still a thing going on there? So I actually went by it. I was driving um, to the grocery store yeah, recently, and I went a little bit out of my way just to see. I was like, oh, maybe I'd pick up some in and out um, <laughs> if, it, if it was, you know, a normal line and it's still, there are still cones in the street outside of it. And like people direct workers, directing traffic. It, it definitely wasn't as bad, but it still is pretty, pretty unbelievable what people will do to try. What, what is it? Is it the sauce or like, what is it that makes them stick out? Like, you know, like shake shack and get, you know, the shakes and everything there. Like, what is it that they have Culver's, you know, has concrete mixers, you know, the cheese curds. Yeah. I just I don't it, know what it is about in and out 
I think it's the sauce. Like when you get the go-to is like double, double animal style and the animal style is a sauce that goes on it. But I think that it's more, um, since it was such a West coast, like California, I think Texas, a couple other places had it and it was just nowhere else. I think that's what was the big draw. And, and it's a well-known name. Sure. It's just the scarcity of it. And everyone's like, oh, yeah. you know, I want to try it. I'm out here or I finally got it here. I need to, I need to give it a go. It makes, a, so. it makes a little I more sense so, yeah. at least because it's so sectioned off. Do you guys remember when Chipotle opened in Eau Claire? Oh, yes. Like <laughs> Chipotle, which is literally everywhere. Yeah. yeah. And it opened up by the mall and it was, people just flocked there. It, it took, yeah. I, didn't, I mean, I didn't go right away because it was nonsense to, with that long for, right. for Chipotle, which I love, obviously, I just mentioned, but I mean, I'm not going to go stand in line for an hour for something yeah. that I can get anytime I go back home. Yeah, exactly. For like, for everyone who's not aware, like Eau Claire, it was the size of like 60,000 people. And it's like where we went to college. I think the closest thing we had before that was Barachos, I would say, which yeah. not the same, not, but not great. And the thing is like Eau Claire, it's not like it was just, in the middle of nothing, you know, Minneapolis was still, you know, hour and a half away. So it's like, it's not like we, people who went to school, they never had it before, but it's just, yeah. Most no one had ever, no one had access where, to it. Yeah. Right. No one, yeah. You didn't have access to it just in college, but that, that one, I never understood. It's like, you can go a few months without Chipotle. Cause when you go back home, it's There'll be 10 of them within, you know, half right. hour of you. I feel like there was the same sensation our freshman year, a Sonic opened up in Eau Claire. Yes. And I feel like it was, it wasn't maybe not as to an extreme, but I feel like it was like a similar situation where everyone was like, Oh, ooh, never had this before. I that, happened, that happened when about, Sonic you know, opened, slushies. opened, I think in Maplewood in the Twin Cities area. It was several years ago now, but it was not quite on the level of the in and out, but it was, you know, you'd go and it'd be a few, couple hours wait in the drive through. And I don't care how good your yep. food is. If you have literally any other option, do that thing. Whatever that other option is, don't wait <laughs> that long for for pretty good food. That's not not going to blow your mind or anything by any means. No, it's tough to find any fast food that's going to be that good. Willing to wait for that long for it. Tough to find any food in general. Yeah. Can you imagine sitting in your car in a drive-through line the whole for- day, entire day. <laughs> Well, like when you go to fast food, you're already hungry. Yeah. If you go to a sit-down restaurant, you're you know you're gonna be sitting down, you know, half an hour to forty-five minutes. Once you get seated, fast food, you want to you know in the next five to seven minutes. That's not happening. Like you're moving. It's it's literally in the name. Five to seven inches. Right. I I can't. I can't imagine. People will do crazy things. Anyways, get back on topic. I think you're up, Dirk. All right. Here's a weird one I randomly thought of. What is a, like a, not necessarily like a bad smell, but maybe more of like a, a smell that not everybody likes, but you enjoy a lot. For example, mine, like I can picture this hardware store I would always go into with my dad when I was younger and it smelled amazing. And I, like not many other people thought that. So I'm curious if you have something like that. That's an interesting question. Uh, the first thing that comes to mind is gasoline, but I feel like that's there you go. That's, really, that's, okay. that's, I've heard other people say that before for like a similar answer, but you go to, you go to the gas station, you're filling up and you're selling the gas and it, it, I don't hate it. It's, it's waned over the years probably, but like when I was younger, I was like, Oh, this is kind of a cool smell. Gasoline. I don't, I don't know. I feel like whenever I was a kid and I smelled gasoline, I was like, this is bad for my body. Like I should stop smelling. But it was like, I mean, I only ever smelled it at the gas station. It's not like I was in there like huffing gas. It was just the, just the aroma. You can, you can avoid it. I feel like your, your, uh, your parents gasoline supply for the lawnmower go would dwindle pretty quickly for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know what I would what I would choose for that. Uh, I do like. I mean, I was the first thing that comes to mind is pickles. I know a lot of people don't like pickles, but I don't know if that's, that's a, a very, that's a yeah. I don't know if that's a good enough answer though. No, I, I would. Yeah, that's good. I think because I wouldn't think of smelling pickles. I like how they right. taste. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe I'll think of a better one and uh, bring it on the next episode. There we go. Deal. All right. So, Hamish. 
If you had to pick one TV family to be a part of, who would it be? Ooh. Do I get to pick how I'm in the family? Am I? Absolutely. This is your question. Okay. I first I got one that came to mind initially, but I'm gonna talk it out here while I think if anything else sounds better. I think I'm gonna go with Modern Family marrying Haley. Okay. Cause she she ended up as a good as a as a good character. Like they kind of played her off as the as the she wasn't a blonde, but basically as a dumb blonde. But by the end of the series, she she had she had her act together, and that would be, be just a super fun family to be a part of. Yeah, I say I can agree with that because it'd be a a low stress family to be in, as opposed, you know, the Sopranos yeah. or something like that. Yeah, not not picking Tony Soprano as any part of my family. <laughs> just think of all the yeah, pros, though. Choice. The cons outweigh choice. the pros, without question, in that one. <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll give up having that money to uh, never having to be directly involved with it, the mobster. <laughs> All right, the last one I have. Hey, Hambage, if you could invent a holiday, what would it be? Ooh. Um, the one I would say, and this isn't an original idea by any means, but it'd be Super Bowl Monday would be a national holiday. Yes. Yep. yep. I'm in. Or, Good answer. Or the Thursday and Friday of the NCAA tournament first round are also national holiday or that entire week. That's a, it's just a four day weekend. Uh, yeah. That for the first two rounds, that's a good one. That's a good one. Yeah. I would say the Super Bowl one, make that Monday off and then you can start the game a little bit later. So you have more pregame going up to the game as well. Cause usually the game usually starts at an odd time. Like for, it's yeah. like, it's like, always for like, our, like 520 yeah, like, and like, for so, central yeah. time. I know him, but you and I live in the central time zone. So like, most NFL games are, you know, noon, three fifteen, or seven thirty-seven, seven fifteen. Never at this five o'clock stuff they have there. <laughs> but I get why they do it. But yeah, I agree. And if if your team is happens to be in the Super Bowl and they win, of course, that like that'd be just incredible having the next day off. Holidays are based on regions. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Those would be the two two obvious answers that I think a lot of people would get behind. Yeah, not. An, not original thoughts by me. Can't take credit for that, but I would support, They're also good support one. both of those for sure, obviously. Definitely. And because they it breaks up the like New Year's um, or New Year's Day, you know, basically not, I shouldn't say being the last holiday, but if there's just a longer period between holidays starting like at the start oh. of January up until like Memorial Day. Yeah, after, after New Year's, it's the long haul to the next holiday. Yeah, of course there's other um, holidays. Don't get me wrong. But um, it just like, what do you think about, you know, Thanksgiving and Christmas time and stuff? There's a lot more. I was, of, I was just going to say, instead of, make, instead of making a new holiday, make Thanksgiving a Friday or, oh, yeah. or yeah. make that Friday also a holiday. That's probably, I, yeah. I mean, how many people take that day off anyway? Just just make it make it a federal holiday. Give us a four day another yeah. four day weekend. Sure. Yeah, definitely agree. And to hop back to the NCAA. So what it's usually like the first uh first two rounds are what, four days long? Yep. And I know there's been a lot of studies about how low work productivity is during that time. So companies would save so much money if they just shut down and have to yeah. you know, and have to worry about, you know all the computers on and all that, you know, save a few bucks on the electric bill and just let us, let us do our thing. Yeah. The yep. boss button. Yeah. Very true. Yeah. Though so when, when you've got, if you have even one of those days free, I mean, even the, even the weekends, I'll bring out my, th- my bedroom TV into the living room. I have three TVs going. Oh, nothing. I gotta get a fourth <laughs> one. Gotta get a fourth one. It's, that first round. it's the best part of the tournament. By there, far. There's yeah. nothing, there's Easily. nothing better. Easily. Yeah. All right. I'm satisfied with the questions I think we had here. Yeah, me too. All right. Well, I think that'll, that'll do it. Uh, we are still, as a recording, figuring out what we'll be doing next week. We might have one of our friends coming on as a special guest. And if whether he does or doesn't, we'll somewhat dictate what we talk about. So we don't have that quite set, but rest assured, we will be here uh, back again, same time, same place. 
And once again, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you listen. Give us a rating. Give us a review. Give us those sweet, sweet downloads. And we're on social media, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, I'd love to get some more you know, fan interaction there. At Gnome Boys Pod is the handle on both. For Dirk and Neil, this is Matt Hambidge signing off. We'll see you next week.